Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. Kelly, I'm in a new space. And by a new space, I mean I'm in the same space facing a different direction. Whoa. Making big moves in this world. A little behind the scenes for y'all. I record in a closet, as I'm sure many of you know. Uh, this closet had a, a crappy little mini couch in it and an old television stand that I would use for my computer. So I was hunched over um, in an uncomfortable spot. It was it was bad. It wasn't a good setup for my back. It was a good setup for recording. <laughs> so I took a big old chair that I had in another room, aggressively forced it into the closet. I had to take the door off for it to fit, but it worked. And then I put my, my desk that I don't use, I put it in here. So now I will have less back pain. Woo! You know, I just feel like it should be this this should be good for our back. The show shouldn't hurt our back. Would you agree? Yeah, if anything, I feel like it should help our back. This show should help our back? Yeah, you know, just uh, make us stronger. Um the show because should we help are carrying our... the new the video game news industry on our shoulders. The whole thing. Yes. Um, well, something we're going to have to carry with a lot of uh, strength because it's so big and so stupid <laughs> that there's no other way to carry it. We got an exciting report. Just came out yesterday as time of recording. PlayStation is reportedly remaking Horizon Zero Dawn, the 2017 PlayStation 4 game. Um, this is a this is a game that you can play on your PS5, but now it's gonna be better, I guess. I'm so mad. We just need to let's just jump in. Let's just assume that this is the worst thing in the world, and just jump in. I hate this. Why are we spending presumably giant sums of money to remake a game from five years ago, and even if it's two years off? seven years ago that is completely playable on PlayStation 5 with an optimization patch. Like, this game got a quote-unquote remaster in the sense that they doubled the frame rate with a patch on PS5 already. Why is this happening? Money! Money, 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 such... money, 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 money. <laughs> it's just the worst. This is... The Last of Us remake felt a little redundant. But I knew where they were coming from, even if I didn't agree. With this, I don't know where they're coming from. Yeah. What uh, is this? It, it, it is very peculiar. Um, I am wondering at the price point. Uh, because The Last of Us remake was $70, which is an insane amount of money for a remake. Of a game that came out in this um, decade, I guess, in the 2010 through 2020 decade. Um, and this is even more egregious because this game came out in tw uh, 2017, um, which is only five years ago as of recording. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, I guess, like I said, my running theory is that they just, they know that they want to make money and sometimes remakes are just 
sort of an easy win because you get people who enjoy the games, who are fans of the games, and they buy it. Um, I'm just not sure how loyal uh, Horizon fans are to the extent that they are going to break even or make a profit on this game. Um, I don't well, know. I the think... game is so gorgeous that maybe the remake is only going to cost $5 because nothing needs remade. Yeah, it just seems kind of lazy and silly to me. So there's only so much that we can say about companies' greed at this point. It's like, of course, they're trying to make money, but this just seems baffling to me and to many others. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think Jim Ryan is the exclusive decision maker at PlayStation, but there's definitely a change in tone as far as the general products being made from PlayStation since he took over. Maybe that's a coincidence. I'm going to pretend it's not because I really don't like what he theoretically has done to this company. You know, Jimothy. Jimothy. I was saying the other day to somebody that I would love a remake of the original Sly trilogy, kind of in line with like the Spyro and Crash remasters. Yeah. I was like, I would love a remake of that. And I know that if that's done like with a reasonable budget, that wouldn't cost an insane amount of money. Why wouldn't they do that instead of this? Because I know they're going to spend more money than they need to on this. It's probably going to cost the same as what it would to remake a series like Sly or a series like Jack or a series like anything from like PlayStation 2 era or PlayStation 1 era that could be deserving of a remake. Yeah, Sly Cooper would be is would be a great remake. Um, Sucker Punch, not doing a whole lot right now. Uh, just throwing that out there for you guys, you know. Yeah, well, they're gonna make you feel real bad when they announce the Ghost of the Sh- Ghost of Tsushima remaster <laughs> remake. Sorry, coming next year. Let's not even let's not even speak that into existence. Hey, at this rate, that'll be coming out in three years, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> just put that money into Horizon Three. Yeah, because everybody loved Horizon Forbidden West. I mean, it made bank. <laughs> I didn't like it, but it made bank. I don't know. I just have a feeling that they wanted this to be a big franchise for them, and it's not quite hitting that mark that they thought it was going to. So now they're trying to like revamp it in a way. Um, they but just what place- is a remake going to do? It's You can still play it on your current console. I, I truly don't know. Like I said, I really think it's just poor decision-making and the desire for more money, which is not uncommon in any company. Everybody wants to make money. Um, yeah. Much like the company Fandom wants to make money. Fandom, uh, pardon me, Fandom, a fan platform, has purchased GameSpot, Metacritic, uh, GameFAQs, Giant Bomb, uh, among others. TV Guide, Metacritic. Um, this is a really, really big acquisition. Uh, a very, very big platform. Um, it will now become a very, very big platform. It already was, but um, it's gaming, it's movies, it's TV. Um, and now it's all just owned by one big uh, company. So this is uh, very alarming. Um, 
I think it's hard to like actually describe how alarming this is. Um, I think there is like a lot of like, oh, well, we'll let them maintain like editorial freedom or whatever, but that is almost never the case. It's never um, the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't just, know. I uh, feel like no, not this many media platforms being owned by one conglomerate is scary, especially like all in one space. You know, it's not like some companies like, oh, we bought one video game website and one movie website and one TV website and one book website so that we could cover all these different media. It's like, no, we bought a bunch of movie and video game websites so that we can. I mean, I don't want to be like the biggest pessimist in the world, but control the narrative, you know? Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they purchased Giant Bomb. That was surprising to me because. To me, Giant Bomb was always kind of like the scrappy little guy. Um, and now that is not so any longer. I feel like no. GameSpot doesn't surprise me as much. That seemed like one of those websites that was kind of, or platforms, I should say, that was kind of aging um, and probably could use a new, was looking for a new home. Um, Metacritic did surprise me because Metacritic is like beyond games. I mean, you can... You can look at anything on Metacritic and see, you know, curated reviews. So I, I don't really I don't really know if it's like, oh, my God, like. I'm not seeing like red, like red alert right now because it's like what narrative is fandom trying to push? Probably not a specific one right now, but um, it is alarming when a company just buys a bunch of company, like buys a bunch of media platforms like all in one go. Um, I guess uh, um, Screen Junkies was acquired in 2018 um, and then Fanatical was acquired in 2021. So the most recent are, uh, you know, GameSpot, Metacritic, GameFAQs. GameFAQs was shocking to me. I did not know that was like a for-profit platform. I know, right? Um, I just remember when I first played, and this is kind of an anecdote, but when I first played Persona 3 Portable, I had to use a GameFAQs walkthrough for it because I did not know how to optimize my time in that game. <laughs> and it's very stressful if you don't optimize your time in that game. And I remember I had, I had it like starred and I would just have it open for like weeks on end because I would just always look at it when I, as I was playing. Um, I used to love GameFAQs because it felt like a crowdsource sort of thing. I, that's yeah. why I was surprised that it's becoming so commercial by yeah. being owned by this company. And there were like the GameFAQs forums, which people would talk about the video games on. But yeah, I was shocked that that was a for sale for profit company. I just thought it was just like you said, like a crowdsource kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, something that will be making lots of money, possibly. <laughs> but now at a later date is um, the most anticipated game here at Talking Games. Bar none, right? Yarg! Skull and Bones has been delayed to March 9th. It was supposed to come out November 8th, and now it's coming out March 9th. This is so concerning. <laughs> A game should not get pushed, what, six weeks out? Yeah. That's really bad. She's having That's... a cyberpunk moment. Yeah. Yeah. Except wasn't that last one like a month? Yeah. 
This is a four-month delay. Five and a half weeks out from release. This game is gonna be funny. Yeah, I'll be seeing ye on March 9th, 2023. 2023? <laughs> I know, that was a bit confusing. Anyway, I, I, this is, I think, my most entertaining game right now where I'm able to just laugh at it, you know? Because that used to be Sonic Frontiers, and now the narrative has kind of shifted, and Sonic Frontiers does not look horrendous. It's just a question of its bar of quality. But I have no... I feel no remorse just making fun of Skull and Bones and Ubisoft for what they're making. Yeah. It reminds me of um, Gollum, where it's like... (laughs) I forgot about Gollum. Well, we we saw the first trailer, and we were like, wow, this looks just awful. This truly looks terrible. And they were like, wait, 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 we're delaying it. It's not going to look bad anymore. (laughs) Indefinitely. Yeah, and it's like, um... It might still look bad. Yeah. In five yeah, months' I'm not sure time. Yeah. Yarg, we will be seeing it on March 2023. Perhaps. There you go. But yeah, I was going to say. I don't know who that maybe. pirate was who busted in the studio, but. Um... It was, they were very convincing. Well, I guess they were real, so they were very themselves. Yeah. Um, I guess that is just a release date that we will have to be watching <laughs> over the course of time. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> so when you are hearing this, audience, listeners, uh, Overwatch 2 will be live. Um, it will be live. It will be playable. Well, we hope. <laughs> um, it will be live <laughs> and it will be playable. But... Uh, if you did not play Overwatch 1, um, you're probably going to have to spend a lot of time with it if you really want to uh, get the full Overwatch experience. And that's because if you don't have data from Overwatch or Overwatch 1 now, I guess, on your uh, platform of choice or I guess in your Blizzard account, um, you will have to unlock heroes to get the full roster. Um Blizzard called this the first-time user experience um, over the course of approximately 100 matches, which if you've played Overwatch, 100 matches is a lot. Um, (laughs) It might not be a lot for uh, someone who plays it all day long, um, but it's a lot for people who have jobs and lives. Um, I don't really get it. I don't understand it. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, this, along with the very concerning battle pass situation that Overwatch 2 is sort of uh, going through, just feels very weird and icky to me. But feeling weird and icky is not um, unusual for a Blizzard uh, moment, so to speak. Um, so, you know... It'll be interesting to see. Like I said, by the time that you, audience, are listening to this, Overwatch 2 will have been live for, I don't know, like 12 hours, 13 hours, 14 hours, 15 hours. Should I just keep counting? No. Um, no here's some <laughs> other interesting requirements that uh, Overwatch 2 will subject its audience to. Um, players are going to have to have a phone number attached 
to their account to play, um, which is a layer of security to prevent cheating and bad behavior. <laughs> what? They should have done that like um, in the writer's room at Blizzard uh, to prevent bad behavior. Just kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> it's basically just sort of like a two-factor, like, are you a person? Uh, are you a bad person? Because now we have your phone number. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's I only have a question. Wasn't Overwatch 2, didn't they very overtly say that Overwatch 1 players would be able to resume playing Overwatch 1 and they would just be blended into the Overwatch 2 like ecosystem? Like it was a sense of like cross game progression. Yeah, I think... But Overwatch 1 is dead now. Like, you can't play Overwatch 1 anymore. Well, I think what it is is that you are pl you are essentially playing the same game if you played Overwatch 1. You're just getting the added features of the second game because you'll have the full roster unlocked without, you know, barring Battle Pass stuff. You'll have the full roster unlocked if you played Overwatch 1. So, so they're just calling it two so that they can monetize it in a more predatory way, right? Well, I think it also has to do with the fact that they don't want to like they probably don't want to pay to have both of these games running on these servers at the same time. So they're like giving us a day off because Overwatch One shut down like last night or the night before for for listeners. So there's like a 27 hour period of time where no Overwatch is playable at all. Um, wow, we live in right now. We live in an incredible <laughs> time. At time of recording, this is a perfect timeline for like a few more hours. Yeah. So, I, I don't really understand this move, but I also believe that I am not sure how many newcomers are actually going to be playing Overwatch Two, who haven't played Overwatch. Um, at at the end of its lifespan, Overwatch was not as popular as it once was. Its sort of golden age had already sort of passed. Um, so I'm not really sure if they're really drawing in new players, especially with this, like, you got to play 100 matches. It's like, Yeah, why? I mean, I was I was going to be one of them. I was planning on playing the sec second game because, you know, no entry fee sounds appealing. But finding out about all this stuff, I'm like, you know what, I'll just... I'll just keep my distance. I'm Were you okay really going to play the in... second one? Yeah, I was fully planning to before I found out how, like, just the fact that you have to play 100 matches to get all the characters alone. I'm like, well, that's insane. Well, if you've played Overwatch, even for just a moment, even for just 30 seconds, you probably can get all the characters. Yeah, but I haven't. And also, oh. Overwatch is now deceased, so I can't. You're not like me. You're that not was like your 30-second playtime. Wait, let me see. I don't like hundreds of hours, right? I had a lot on PlayStation. I don't really know if I have a lot on. Um. Oh, it's not even on my Steam. Do you want to know your PlayStation hours? I can check that from my phone. I would like to know my Steam hours. My PlayStation well, hours are probably in like two hundred or so. Is that your guess? Yeah. All right. Who is my friend? Kelly is my friend. Can I look at this from here? Oh, I can't look at it. I'd have to go log in on my PlayStation to see your hours played. Well, 
let's just say it's probably 200, but it might be more. I have seen it before. I just don't know what it is. It's. I, I mean, I, pl- I played Overwatch a lot in like 2016 and 2017. I played it a lot. And then I got back into it in like 2020 probably or 2019. It's just the game itself is so poorly balanced that it's like they needed a reset. They needed a new one. Um, I'm not really sure if they're going to be able to maintain any sense of balance or like rebalance now that they have like this huge roster. I would say if you're thinking about playing it, I'm maybe not. okay. But maybe the audience is so. <laughs> well, I was talking to you because you said that you were gonna play it until you found out about this. Yeah, I mean, finish your statement for the audience member who is thinking about playing it. I think it's worth a shot. Um, I don't really know. I don't really know how Overwatch 2 is going to be. Um, I didn't play the beta. I didn't look at the beta. So I'm not really sure what the game is going to be like. But if you liked Overwatch, you should probably play Overwatch 2. Um, I might Are try you- it, but I probably won't. But I might. But I probably won't. But I might. Yeah. But I won't. We have too many things to play in October. Just wait till November and then try it for 10 minutes so we can put it in the thumbnail for clicks. <laughs> I could probably do that tomorrow. Play it for 10 oh. minutes. I guess you could do that. Yeah. Um, well, Kelly, uh, a country that we are not a fan of here at Talking Games, um, Saudi Arabia, very <laughs> bad, very bad place, lots of human rights violations, um, also lots of money being invested into video games for some reason. They are about to invest a little under $38 billion, with a B dollars into the video game space 13 billion of which is going towards acquiring a leading publisher um this is bad this is big bad bad news um they've acquired a few things the biggest thing they've acquired since we were working on talking games was snk but they've also stuck a lot of money in other companies I don't know what this 13 million is going to be going billion. towards. Did I say million? Mm-hmm. Billion. Because because the, the money does not make sense for most publishers that we know. The, the most aligned economically is 2K. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't want them to have Grand Theft Auto... Sorry, did I say 2K? Take two. Yeah. Sorry, I say those two things wrong every week. It's okay. I'm I'm a doofus. Uh, it's okay. Take two is the closest to that $13 billion mark. EA is quite a bit too high for that, but I don't know. This is terrible, and I hate that we have to report on something like this because this feels like something that should just be so far away from the gaming ecosystem. But here it is. Yeah. I mean, Rockstar and human rights violations kind of go hand in hand, so um <laughs> it'd be ironic if they were getting better after all this time like fixing their work culture and then they got bought by Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I always feel like big investments like this it's never like we control the company now. It's just like we get your money. <laughs> we get your money. So I but don't know. That's the weird thing to me is like 
I don't know. This is a big legal question. Why are just like countries allowed to buy things? Why are why is the the crown prince, crown prince? Of Saudi Arabia allowed to just buy things, specifically things in other countries to just own? Probably because it's a lot of money. Because <laughs> money talks. <laughs> money talks very loudly, and nobody really wants to um, feel like the world's relationships with Saudi Arabia very intricate and very greedy. Um, not a healthy relationship, let's say. Let's call it a toxic relationship. Yeah. I'm just hoping that this is the last time for a good while that we hear about this. It won't be because we'll learn soon what that $13 billion going is going towards, but... It's going to towards talking games with Kelly and Andrew. <laughs> Remember how last week we were like, you know what? I'd let Tencent buy us. Yeah. I don't think I'd like let Saudi Arabia buy us. The monkeys, I think I'd let the monkey's paw curl the finger. Yeah, it's like you know what? Tencent's evil, but at least it's evil mobile games. Saudi Arabia is evil because of human rights violations. I feel like <laughs> one's worse. Yeah. You know. You know what's worse than both of those things? Stadia. <laughs> oh, 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 just kidding it's a joke it's a joke it was funny it was funny i'm laughing um but unfortunately laughing. something that's not a joke is that google is shutting down stadia no um, no yeah very very no. sad um stadia which is google's cloud gaming platform um is shutting down january 18th 2023 so if you're really you know chomping at the bit to play a stadia game i would say get that in before january um google is refunding stadia hardware which stadia hardware is like i don't even know man like a like a controller or something like a screen like a like a like a tablet (laughs) (laughs) i don't really know but google's refunding stadia hardware through the google store um, and then same with like games and like add-ons, mods, or uh, DLC and stuff. Um, which, you know. That's the best of, way to approach the horrible situation, I guess. Kind of a bummer, I guess. Um, I'm not really sure the logistics of Stadia. It's had kind of a rocky lifespan. Um, it's hard to be like, oh, play our game on stadia it'll run at 30 frames per second and you won't be able to play it if you don't have internet it's like um <laughs> severely okay. limited appeal i just think cloud gaming is kind of like like it's kind of it's kind of like you know what i mean like what is yeah. it really it just feels like fuzzy and then it's like it ends up not really ever being good um i have it's unfortunate i think i have one like comment about this whole situation yes. about like Stadia shutting down. What is your comment? No, my God, no, please don't <laughs> shut down Stadia. Wow. Um, Sorry, I just couldn't control myself. That was, that was very impassioned. Yeah, um, I had to, I moved the mic so far away from myself so it wouldn't hurt when I screamed. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad it didn't, Um, it didn't hurt me. It hurt me to hear to see you so upset. That hurt. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um but I was also hurt because I found out that Stadia um turned down 
an exclusive single player Death Stranding follow up <laughs> sequel, uh, straight from Kojima. Kojima? Why did I say it like that? I think you said it correct. It's just sounds wrong because we live in America Kojima. and Kojima is how you would say it with English pronunciation. Um, goodness gracious. Uh, supposedly, there was going to be a Death Stranding single player uh, sequel, um, but Stadia said, we don't want that. Uh, we don't want that. We would like multiplayer games. This actually did not surprise me that much because I don't, I don't know, like Death Stranding's reception was very mixed. Um, uh, you know it, it's just one of those things that didn't really surprise me all that much but it's also like can you imagine a world where you're like I am so excited to play Death Stranding 2 on my Google uh, through Google Stadia that's what I was gonna say is like them turning down a single player game yeah that makes sense it being from Koji Pro and being Death Stranding 2 just like does not make sense in my brain and it's very funny it also gets me thinking because like remember at that xbox event at e3 well not e3 yeah when kojima came up and he was like i'm working with xbox because i like their x cloud technology i'm like did he go to stadia first and then they said no so he had to go <laughs> to microsoft yeah probably he was like i love cloud gaming me me personally i love cloud gaming i'm gonna go find <laughs> the perfect platform for Death Stranding 2. Strand harder. I'm excited for Death Stranding 2. You I know, think... I like Death Stranding. I like it. I like Death Stranding. I think it came out in a, at a very interesting time in all of our lives. Um, because the messaging of the game was sort of like... It, it was like, okay, let's think of it this way. So you're like a you're like a postman, like a deliverer, a mail deliverer, a package deliverer, a mailman, a Jeff Bezos bot, right? And yeah. you were transporting important things <clears throat> in a very isolated and lonely world. Um, and what really brought you together was the connectivity between you and other deliverers. And I think it's interesting because this game came out like right before COVID happened and the lockdown happened, and it's like we were in a very isolated world where the only people we ever saw were delivery people <laughs> who are working hard despite, you know, the global pandemic going on. Yeah, so despite the rain that makes them old people. Exactly. Um, so I'm interested to see what world events that Kojima is going to predict in Death Stranding 2. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, another game that we heard about this week Something that actually is coming out is called Wild Hearts. Why are you laughing at me? Because your comment was funny, and I also thought of Wild Farts, and that made me laugh. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> uh, this is coming from the, the same team that makes Warriors-style games over at Koei Tecmo, funded by um, EA. I didn't expect that one. Um, this is sort of a Monster Hunter-style game. Multiplayer, hunting monsters. It's Monster Hunter. Um, I feel like that's a genre that doesn't... It's not a genre. It's like a series, you know? Monster Hunter games are the games where you hunt monsters, and that's basically it. So it feels strange that like there's another game trying their hand at doing it. 
And I think that team at Koei Tecmo is really talented, and I think they have a very good chance, especially with that EA money, even if I think it's really weird and maybe bad that EA is involved. Um, I think it looks really cool. Like, the gameplay looks really fun and hype, like, fast-paced. And it's coming out February 17th for current-gen consoles. That's really soon. Yeah, that's like next week. That's like next week. I'm also happy it's <laughs> just on current gen so we can, you know, really push hardware. Yeah. Are you going to play it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 my brain told me this was on Game Pass for no particular reason. I just think that my brain heard that once and it stuck even though it wasn't true. If that was the case, I'd be super into it. And it does look really good, but I also know how big of a time investment Monster Hunter games are, and I'm assuming this will be similar. And I'm not very good about playing games like this with other people. So I like just am bad at finding time and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'd be missing out on a central tenant of the game. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it looks good? You're more of a Monster Hunter person, so. Um, I kind of agree with your sentiment. Monster Hunter is kind of a lot to get into. Um... There's a very steep learning curve. And if they're trying to um, emulate it, I imagine it will be kind of similar. I think my thing is like, I think this was such a, like, such a reach. You know what I mean? Like, you're really putting a lot of faith in the market um, that this will be the type of thing that both, you know, obviously EA, EA um, and like Koei Tecmo, I mean... It just seems like kind of a leap of faith for what it is, a Monster Hunter uh, clone with similar, with supposedly similar mechanics. Um, so I don't know. Are they going to make the money back on it? I don't really know. I'm probably not going to play it just because, like I said, it's kind of a lot to get into. And October is kind of a busy month for me game wise. So. Or I mean, it's not going to be playing in October. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I do you know that. something I don't? <laughs> Um, February is not a busy game month for me, so maybe I will play it, but, uh, we'll see. I don't know why I'm thinking of like that. My brain is fried. Like scrambled eggs. Scrambled well, eggs aren't really fried. I should have said fried like a fried egg. <laughs> I'm just not going to talk. I'm going to let you keep doing your thing and see what happens. Okay. I have something very cool and very exciting uh, okay. for everybody. And that is an exciting word. From our co-sponsor, this episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew okay. is, is sponsored by Sentry, which is a new esports organization from Pittsburgh. Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games, not Sonic Frontiers. Uh, you can hey, find hey, them on Twitch. Just because I'm not reading it doesn't mean you get to take away my <laughs> Frontiers bit that I've been working on for months. You can find them on Twitch at <laughs> twitch.tv slash pghcentry, or you could go to their website, which is smackcentry.gg. So that's S-M-A-K-S-E-N-T-R-Y.gg uh, to find more info about attending or viewing their content. Thanks, Sentry. We love you so much. And I only mentioned Sonic once, and I'm not going to talk about it anymore because it gets it makes Andrew really mad. Thanks, Sentry. Uh, no thank you, Kelly. I really love attaching our Sentry ad read to the Sonic Frontiers news of the week, and this week, there wasn't any. So, alas, I had to hand it over to Kelly so we can go 
because we were going back and forth every week and then sonic frontiers music like started and i made a bit and then i had to commit to the bit Sentry probably no... thought that i didn't like them anymore uh sentry let us know let us know sentry do you think kelly still likes you do you uh, think I'm circle stinky? yes if yes circle no if no <laughs> separately do you think kelly is stinky circle yes for yes circle no for no <laughs> um so kelly we play video games over at the show no we don't not me thanks everybody uh we'll see you next week <laughs> just kidding yes we do we do play video games me included <laughs> we means us as in multiple people and there are two people here never mind <laughs> i played a game i teased last week live alive i started this back in august and it has taken me a while to get to because there's been so many games but i buckled down this past week and i finished it this game is a uh an rpg a japanese rpg where you play as one of seven characters. Well, if you play the whole game, you play as seven of seven characters. It is an anthology game, so you will be playing stories set in different timelines with different characters. These games vary from like two and a half hours at the longest to 30 minutes at the shortest. I finished the entire thing in around 15 hours. Um, there is uh, a little more to it than just those seven stories. I will not spoil specific things, but there it, it doesn't just end when you finish the seventh story. I liked this game a lot. I thought the mechanics were pretty fun. Um, it's like the turn-based RPG style you know, but you also have a small grid to move on. Not quite like a tactical RPG like Fire Emblem, but it still allows for some spacing and interesting, interesting tactics to uh, follow through with. The music is incredible. It's written by Yoko Shimomura of Kingdom Hearts and many other games fame. And she did an incredible job. Of course, she wrote it back in 1994 because this is a remake of a 1994 game. But the remastered music's really good as well. The visuals are really nice. This is a 2D HD team product. So Triangle Strategy, Octopath, that uh, pixel art on semi-3D pixel textured backgrounds. I think they're getting real good at making these games look pretty. Um, I think the nature of the anthology makes it so that you don't have to really worry about like stats or finding equipment or anything because the game will be over before that really matters. It kind of allows you to just focus on the story and enjoy a few fun battles without thinking too deeply. Um, and I really like that. It's a change of pace. I've never played a JRPG where I didn't really have to think about that kind of stuff. And I think it's really interesting. A couple of them are absolute standout stories. Um, my least favorite story in the pack is still good, but um, there's definitely varying quality across them. And then, like I said, the game doesn't just end after the uh, seventh story. There's more to it. I did not finish the game in a sense because um, the last chunk of the game does require a, a great amount of grinding and because I so much enjoyed the grind-free style of the game and the quick storyline I really didn't want to add like 10 hours to my gameplay time just to see the quote-unquote true ending I that's just not what I was feeling and I think I've gotten pretty good these days about realizing I'm not enjoying a game anymore and leaving it behind. And that's used to be very difficult for me, but here I am. I did it. 
And I can recommend this game. I think it's very fun. It's a little bit under retail price. You can get it for 50 bucks. Um, I really enjoyed it. And if you think that anthology idea sounds very fun, then you should definitely look into it. Very high recommendation. I also played another game that I will talk about next week. Mm. Cult of the Lamb. Wow. I have started it. If you want to know my base impressions, I love it. But I will have more detailed impressions in my full review. Should be next week. Nice. Kelly, before we move on, belated birthday witch. Wish, witch, whip. It's Halloween, so I was thinking about witches. I meant right. to say wish. Right. It's the month of Halloween, but happy birthday wish to friend of the show, Jacob. Uh, we meant to say it last week, stopped recording, and then said, oh, it's our, it's our friend of the show, Jacob's birthday. <laughs> and then, uh, but we had already stopped recording and had to go. So happy, birthday, happy belated Jacob. birthday. Oh. Happy birthday, Jacob. Happy birthday. Do you want to try again? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Should we sing him a song? Happy birthday. Hey, to... Kelly, did you play any games? E I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's spooky season, right? Yes. So for the month of October. Well, you didn't have to punch. I know you're mad. I cut off your happy birthday song to Jacob and that you're so excited about October because it's spooky. <laughs> but you didn't have to punch the microphone. I know. I'm sorry. Something came over me. Um... <laughs> For the month of October, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to do a little spooky retrospective on a horror series, an action horror series that I'm sure many of us are very uh, knowledgeable uh, or uh, knowledgeable of or love. <laughs> that was a really tough sentence for me. Um, I decided that I want I would like to go through the first four Resident Evil games. Um, and just sort of talk about them and play them and give you my thoughts now in 2022. Um, I will be playing the remake of two and the remake of three. I will not be finishing all these games because that's kind of asking a lot of me <laughs> to do in one <laughs> week each. Um, but I'm just going to kind of talk about my impressions, how I felt playing them, um, what, why I think each one sort of stands out and stands on its own. Um, so... To start, uh, since this is the first full week of October, um, I played Resident Evil 1. The Well, I will say I played the original <laughs> on oh, no. really? PlayStation Premium. Um, <laughs> for those who have not played an old, an old 90s game on PlayStation Premium, you will be shocked at how awful it feels to play these games. <laughs> um, I tried playing the original. Uh, including that those wild like FMV intro character intros and Wesker and the oh my god the costumes um very low budget they didn't Netflix didn't even need to make a show they could have just like put those on there and made money <laughs> um I it wish. is a clunker and the voice acting is really just like on another level of camp um i think you can play the original now and be like wow what is this um, <laughs> but back then, you know, it was revolutionary and changed the game. It was like a new zombie game and it was just different. It was different than, than, than the ones that had come before it and it had improved, improved upon things. And I think the really interesting thing about the first game is the inventory system. I think that, um, 
I'm going to expand on this a little bit more when I talk about four. Uh, but it's just different. Um, it's not what you're expecting. I mean, it's, it's, it is what you expect now. But like I said back then, it was like, it was just a brand new thing. Um, but I could not play the original for long because it was just awful. It is just not, it doesn't have creature comforts of modern games. Um, the save points are like, it's just, it's not ideal. It's not optimized. <laughs> um, and it's hard. I mean, I do think games were a little bit harder back then, and Resident Evil is certainly not a stranger to that. So I put away Resident Evil Original, and I started playing Resident Evil the remake, or re remaster, remake, whatever you want to call it. I would say it's a remake because it's really, it's like a brand new game. But yeah, um, you can play as Chris or Jill. I played as Jill because uh, that's my girl. Um, sorry, Chris, but that's my girl. That's my ride or die. Um, I played for a little while. Um, the the controls are still clunky. There's they're still not quite the level of optimized as like obviously like two and three remakes, which are very recent. Um, I do think it's interesting that there is such a wide gap of time between when the first one was remade and when the second one is remade. <laughs> yeah. Um, like years and years and years, but. The voice acting is still a little bit camp, a little less so. Um, there's no more like FMV uh, intros, which Darn. was unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but I found it to be challenging, but not in a way where I was like frustrated. I do think the controls are still, it, it's really just a clunker of a game. Um, and that's, you know, including the camera. It's got like tank controls where your character's like, doo doo. Do, do, like they turn their body and then they turn their head and then you have to walk. It's like, yeah, this is not how people move in real life, especially if there's zombies nearby, but it's fine. Um, the puzzles were fun and challenging. Um, the zombies were okay. Uh, I felt like the story beats hit a little bit harder in the remake because it's like you're not looking <laughs> not at polygons jokes. anymore that are like, Jill. Jill, you know, it's, it's, um, it feels a little bit more impactful. Uh, Wesker's, uh, betrayal. Uh, oh, is that a spoiler? No. Everybody knows Wesker's a bad guy. I um, think they put Wesker in Dead by Daylight as a villain. I think it's kind of a given. Yeah. I, I uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. I think if you're a really big fan of the Resident Evil series, it might be worth your time to go back and play this. Or watch somebody play it or watch all the cutscenes on YouTube or something. Because I do think that it, it is it does really set the tone for what the series is going to be for a little while. Um, sort of this mixture between exploration and puzzles and action and horror. Um, which definitely gets expanded on in the second and third one. Um, and the fourth one. But probably not so much the fifth and the sixth one. And then kind of back <laughs> to it in the seventh one. Um <laughs> Very interesting journey that Resident Evil as a series goes through. Um, Jill is my favorite character, just so everybody knows. Um, but I also really like Sheva, who's a character I probably won't be talking about because I'm not playing the fifth game. And I also really like Carlos, who's a character I will be talking a lot about when I play the third game. <laughs> That's um, going to be Carlos week in a couple <laughs> weeks here. <laughs> so I'm very excited to go on this journey. Um, and... I hope that I can glean some new appreciation for Resident Evil as a series as I go through 
this retrospective. I look forward to every week for the next month hearing your impressions of different Resident Evil games. Thanks. I look forward to paying $80 for Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remake um, because I cannot find them anywhere. Are they not? How much are they digital on PlayStation? Are you getting them on PC? They're 40 Oh, well, they're 40 on PC. They might be cheaper on PlayStation, but I kind of don't think they are. I also will not be playing Code Veronica or Zero, which I know is like a... You get more like Rebecca and Ashley, but I think I'm going to get enough of Ashley in two. I like Ashley, but she's no Jill. Let's just say that. All right. I feel like that's a a little rude, but hey. (laughs) Oh, no, not Ashley. I'm talking about Claire. Ashley's in the fourth one. I like Claire. Make up your mind. I'm sorry. There's a lot of names. There's a lot of characters in Resident Evil, and it feels like you're playing a new one every game. So... Because you are, so you kind of have to get them all straight. And they're all very, like, I don't want to say plain names because they're not plain, but it's, like, names that aren't, like, like Wesker. Everybody knows who Wesker is, but it's, like, Claire, Chris, Jill, Leon, um, Ashley, Carlos. I really like when you read the names of all the Resident Evil characters in a weird, like, a little bit Southern accent. <laughs> I just wanted to that's, say that's Resident Evil Seven that you should be using the Southern accent on. That's true. I just like saying Leon's name like that. Leon. Leon Musk. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> well, audience, we appreciate your patronage. We appreciate your. Uh... They're not patronizing us. All right, I don't appreciate it anymore. <laughs> we appreciate your listenership, I guess. Yes. Um. I hope you're excited for the spooky month. Yes. Uh, again, thanks to sponsor Sentry. Happy birthday to friend Jacob. Sorry to audience for having your ears blasted when Kelly decided to punch the microphone. Yes. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Carlos from Resident Evil 3. We look forward to having you on the show in two weeks. <laughs> uh... Thank you to the Squishmallow I am holding in my hands right now. Thank you to my closet for have being set up differently, even though I did it. I did it. I set it up different. I did it. Thanks to my Nintendo Switch for successfully running a video game from start to finish. Woo! Uh, thank you to, um, thank you to the country of Japan for making the video game that I played this week and the game that Kelly played this week. Um. Thank you to the soundproofing panels in front of me that absorb the sound, so I have to do less editing. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Bye.